All right, episode 28, Midwest Baseball Rings Podcast. Make sure you like, subscribe, leave a review. Uh, helps us out, goes a long way. Uh, great episode we got coming for you here. Uh, this episode is presented by Baller Boards, guys. You've been hearing it about Baller Boards, Midwest Baseball Ranks. Uh, we only partner with the best out there. Baller Boards is the best for your lineup cards. Uh, you want that beautiful lineup sign hanging on your dugout with your team, you got your logo, you got it, it's not going anywhere, it's not blown away, nothing's happening to it, your marker's not going away, guys, they're a unique handcrafted coaching board like no other, uh, these these guys are the best, and it, guys, it's it's Midwest branded, it's cra- crafted by hand in Michigan, support the Midwest, support local, that's what it's all about, these are good people over here doing a great job, uh, highly magnetic, dry erase, waterproof, uh, lineup scoreboard, field positions, do it all, guys, they got some cool videos, some cool pictures up there, go, go take a look, go to... Uh, shopping at their ballerboard store go check it out ballerboards.com get yours today guys tell them midwest baseball ring sent you and uh show us how much you love them because uh those things are some special products over there go check them out ballerboards.com Right here we go with another great episode of Midwest Baseball Rings podcast. Guys, go follow us on uh, Facebook, on Instagram, um, all the good stuff. Go check out the website. Very excited. Uh, A lot of big things coming. We got our uh, state and Midwest rankings coming out next week and beyond excited for that. Uh, Guys, we got a special interview coming up right now with Mark Smith. Uh, Just a great guy. Another phenomenal guy for baseball. I truly enjoyed this interview. He's a wealth of knowledge. He's been through it all from the coaching aspect, from running things, from having his own facility, from his sons playing um, high competitive baseball, now in college, uh, his daughter playing Division One sports. Uh, he's been through it all. He gets it. He's in it for the right reasons. He talks about recruiting. We talk about NIL. He's a, a big a component in NIL space for his alma mater. Uh, he does it all, and this is a phenomenal interview. I think five, ten minutes into this interview, you'll realize the type of person that Mark is, and uh, that's what it's all about. So I highly recommend you guys uh, paying attention here and zooming in, and this is another good one for the kids, too, you know, to learn about this next level of baseball. So uh, with that being said, let's hop over to Mark Smith. everybody welcome back midwest baseball rings podcast we got a special guest on the line with us mark smith owner of the lab in canton michigan mark how we doing i'm doing great tonight how are you guys doing doing fantastic excited to have you on um you know been learning about all you do all you do for the game of baseball been doing it for a while let's hop right into it here so uh you know owner of the lab in canton michigan let's kind of talk about what you got going on over there um you know it's 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 your place what do you guys got going on over there yeah, so, you know, it's a very simple place, um, really not affiliated with any teams, although teams do train there. Uh, it's a small space, about 5,000 square feet, uh, opened about four years ago. Um, really just looked at space utilization and wanted to create a place where, you know, dads could come and work with their kids and moms could come and have their kids trained and different things like that. So just kept it really, really simple. Uh, the layout's simple. We have little hit zones, you know, which are really cost effective instead of hitting in your basement or in your garage. And then we also have, of course, the tunnels and, you know, just made the place fully functional to where it opens up and you can do a lot of different things in a, um, a small space. 
um, really did my research going to Arizona, uh, Florida, looking at space utilization, and that's how I kind of came up with the design. Yeah, I like that. I like what you said there because, um, you know, everyone, a lot of people got these big facilities, so much going on. Um, that old school mm -hmm. grind is cool to me. Like, hey, you don't need all this stuff. I got a place you're going to come and grind it out. Um, so is that kind of right. the mindset you have? Hey, we're, we're coming in. We're going to work on baseball. We're going to work on our swing, whatever it is, but we're going to get yeah. after it here. Like, I got these hit zones. I mean, it's literally 10 bucks for 30 minutes and you come in and I got balls there, tees there, soft toss machines and a dad or mom can sit there with their kid and put balls on the tee and really perfect that swing. And it's not hitting into a big space. It's a 13 by 14 space. So you're not spending all your time picking up uh, balls the entire time. You're really able to focus on it. And then if you bring a buddy, it's $5 a piece and you're hitting real baseballs you know, climate controlled environment and really getting some quality work in. And that's what kids, especially in the Midwest and North have to do. They have to hone in on their technique, especially their swing technique. I was talking to some uh, my buddies that are scouts today and you look across at college baseball and the hitting, the approach, the mental approach of it is just lacking right now and we're trying to figure out where did we miss that and what do we need to get back to to, to strengthen that yeah the camwood bat program stuff so what is it about we we just had trey <laughs> on um actually with us a couple episodes nice. ago uh, and everything what is it about that program that you that you like the most well it's it's funny because i i go back to Jaden, my my youngest and I still remember when my basin was finished and I have a picture of the Camwood leaning up against the wall. Uh, the owner of Camwood, um, I can't remember his name right now. Trey, Trey is the owner now, right. but uh, the owner of Camwood uh, reached out to me. Yeah, yeah Frank, Frank yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Frank, Frank uh, wondered why he sold so many Camwoods in the state of Michigan. Well, 10 years ago, when, it, when I saw this on YouTube, it first came out, I ordered one and ever since then you know everywhere i go i would train with this and it just started growing and you would start seeing every kid come in there had a camwood um i liked the concept from the beginning so i understood trey was one of the first people to ever use it trey played for one of my college teammates this is how small the baseball world is he played for one of my college teammates um <laughs> in college and i just really liked the concept so you know, it's cool when Frank got in his car, drove from North Carolina. He's retired. He's like, man, I don't even do these things anymore. And actually came here and did a three-day clinic. And I just loved it. But, you know, he actually, you know, talked to Tony Gwynn and, you know, talked to some other guys. And, you know, club baseball clubs, major league clubs won't admit that they use it. They got those Camwoods <laughs> somewhere out there. Somebody is using it. Trust me, college kids are using this tool. Um, so for me... I like to introduce it to all of our training. Um, my buddy Orlando Martinez, I introduced him to it when he first got there. He was like, man, I got to get one of those. And he understood the concept. But developing the hand speed and uh, the line drive swing is so key. Um, you can't teach launch angle with it because it won't, won't allow you to. You know, it, it just doesn't feel right. Um, it's just a very simple tool across the chest. You know, let's get through the baseball. Let's put a clean swing on it. Then let's grab our bat, build up that muscle memory and that bat speed at the same time. 
Yeah, I think you nailed it. And, and yeah, it's a, it's a great proponent. And those that aren't using it, um, they, they probably are, like you <laughs> said, and don't want to publicize. They it. are. You're right. You're right. Yeah. So I, I kind of want to talk about, you know, you talk about the training. you got a ton of background in it um, in developing, and you, you've had your boys play um, at high levels. Mm-hmm. You know, so talk about your involvement in that and helping kids, um, you know, achieve their goals, because it seems like it's a big thing for you is, you know, helping kids get to that next level. Yeah, so... I'll just go back to when I started. I actually am the president of the GCBY uh, organization in Canton. We have over 1,200 kids that play in our rec league. It's a great league. I've been the president for, I don't know, I think nine years, been trying to quit for eight <laughs> years. No luck, but hey, you know what? It's for the kids. Right. Um, you know, the training just started with me just being out there, working with kids, understanding that um, a long time ago, I, I went and was just on the sidelines. and. Jaden's coach was out there. He was a hockey guy. And, you know, so I'd stepped out there. I was sitting on the sideline and I became the assistant. Well, the very next fall, (laughs) we flipped roles. He was like, hey, you're much better at this. But what I did introduce was just the training and development piece. I mean, we would do the three cone drills. We would do um, stationary ground balls. We would do all these things that cause practice to be moving all the time. Every kid involved all the time. And you know, that was really key for me on developing each kid um, to understand, even at an early age, how practice should be. It's not standing around. It's constantly moving. It's constantly learning. It's watching the guy in front of you. I always tell kids, I told all my high school kids, I said, don't go first. Don't go last. I said, go somewhere in the middle if you're not sure. Watch the guy in front of you. Coach is going to tell you one time how to do it, and they're going to expect you to know. So, they're testing you on those things all the time. Um, for me, I don't know at all on the training. I just, you know, I've worked with some great people. You know, uh, you come in my place, you'll see some pictures on the wall. You'll see Corbin Dickerson, who's one of the top players, the top player in Kentucky, um, going to Louisville. He's not going to make it to Louisville. He's probably going to go straight to the pros. One of Jaden's old teammates. Um that came about with Jaden playing here, me reaching out to other people, finding other places for him to go prove himself. Parents all the time are like, oh, should I just stay on one team? Yeah, you should have your main team. But baseball is always about proving yourself. So I always threw my kids in a different situation where nobody knew them. Nobody knew that they were good. And you got to go out there and prove it. Um I tap into a lot of my buddies that are pro scouts and I utilize them. And you'll see me if you're on my Facebook, the quotes that I have, right? And they're coming from one of the top scouts around. You he doesn't like to be identified as who he is, but you know, he'll he'll give me some stuff and he'll be like, sure you can share it. And I do. Um, because I want others to learn. Um, Andrew will tell you when I do a lesson, I'll have the parents sit right there because I'm not going to be there at the game to remind them to go through their checks, right? Uh, To go through their sequence, to have their head mentally prepared for the play or for the pitch. So I need the parent involved so that they can be that coach there. Not hassle the kid, but be that coach to just give them subtle reminders, right? That's building that relationship for them and building that trust. Coach Roach, who's my both my son's hitting coach and Jaden's hitting coach since he was really young, who used to train at Eric Haas's barn way back in the day, he told me that, you know, a trainer 
and a player have to have a good relationship. And that trainer has to develop that trust. And if they can't develop the trust, then the kid needs to find a different trainer, right? They have to trust that what you're telling them is gonna help them be successful. Right, that's important, building that trust, because it's someone you're with, you know, you know, two, three, four days a week. Uh, uh, yes. So I, I got to ask you, you know, so you you have, uh, yeah. what do you have, two boys? Or is it two boys that I play? Yes. Okay. So, yeah, so did they listen to you growing up um, when it comes to baseball or, you know, um, we were all in that. You know uh, what? They're, they're both different. Jaden was different. Jaden, it always came easy to. Okay. Josh has to work a little harder. Now, what I will tell you, uh, I was out in Arizona uh, about three weeks ago watching Jaden play, right? He's at a post-grad out there in Arizona great program. Um, he didn't have the best game, right? He didn't take the best swing. So after that, we we're standing behind the car. His mom's in the car. I closed the, closed the trunk. Um, I said, look, you didn't have your best game. I said, your approach wasn't the best. It didn't look like you were comfortable. I saw some things in your swing. We're going to go and we're going to train tomorrow and we're going to work it out. And he was looking me dead in my eye. He wasn't like that, but, you know, the umpire, the ball was here or, you know, the sun was in my eyes. None of that. It was, I've seen you swing a million times, so trust me. And I know when something's off. And then Monday he comes up, first at bat, three-run home run, you know. So it was just some simple things that we had to adjust. Um, I had to learn how to engage with my kids, right? And... Now, when I talk to Jaden, he has a bad game. He goes 0 for 3. I'll shoot him a text. I'll be like, hey, you want to talk about those at bats? Or, hey, you're still my guy. Love you. You know, hey, get back at it. You know, change this. Or or did you think about that? And that's it. You know, I just tell him, look, I just want you to be happy playing the game because it is tough um, to play that. And I'm seeing it right now with all this transfer portal and what COVID has done to the game, trust me, I've been talking to people whose sons are at Duke, uh, all these schools right now, and they're just giving me all this information that is just eye-opening and amazing when it comes to the baseball world and how it's being impacted now. Right, yeah. The uh, Ohio for... State, correct, too, right? Yeah. right? Yeah. The oh, yeah. Ohio State. Trey Lipsy. Yes, sir. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> That, that kid, I coached him when he was eight years old. I swear he hit a ball 300 feet. The The tournament director gave him this silver bat. I never will forget it. He said, I've never seen a kid eight years old swing a bat like that, hit a ball that wow. far. And it was amazing to see. And the kid is the kid is an absolute stud. He just is. And one of the nicest kids, um, you know, I've been around his dad for years. He and I talk. Um, he talked to me about what his experience was like at Ohio State and the guys that got cut. If you look at Ohio State right now, there were a lot of guys that didn't make it. Guess where they ended up at? And this is how baseball is being affected. Ended up at the University of Toledo. Okay. Yeah. So you yep. see how you see how this happened and guys immediately went there. I had a kid at Missouri that I coached since he was eight years old, played on my Cardinals. Didn't make it in Missouri, right? He's at Eastern now. So kids are shifting, which is where kids sh who really wanted to be there don't get the opportunity. And then those kids that started at those schools, guess what happens when that coach who's, you know, got to win, has to feed their family that way. Guess what happens to those other kids? So, man, I, I have some stories that would just... <laughs> 
you know, if you guys are young, but I can even tell you, talk to some people and they think 2027, and I know that sounds like a long time, is when this is really going to get back to normal. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, we're, yeah. we're looking, we're still looking at five <laughs> years from now. Um, yeah. yeah. No, hey, that's, it's a long, a long time, but it's coming up real quick. It's uh, both. Yes. Uh, it's, it's a totally different game, like you said. It's, it's Coaches are fighting for their jobs. Players are fighting for their mm-hmm. jobs. And if you're not ready to step on that field right away, um, it's almost game over for you. Uh, kind of talk yeah. about the recruiting aspect, too. So, obviously, you have to be a great player. But how important is it for grades, uh, you know, being a good kid, um, your family, those type mm-hmm. of things? How important is that for recruiting? Uh, it's really important. And I'll, I'll just tell you my experience with the recruiting. So, Jaden's knee-deep in it right now. Um, I think – I think fingers crossed this will be the week uh the coach at the school that he really wants to go to call today not email call mm-hmm. so they talked um but here's what you got to do you got to have that network right mm-hmm. and you got to use it um i told uh some people today start a youtube channel and a youtube channel because you have all these subscriptions field level nca all that kind of stuff right well most coaches depending on their budget or time, can't subscribe to all those different venues, right? But a YouTube channel, you can open that on your phone, you can open it on your computer, all the highlights are right there, right? Um, So, and then follow it with the emails. So I took a page out of a kid's book where he would email every single week and it just kept them aware of who he was, right? And paying attention to what he was doing and how his communication was. Um, the grades are are most important um, because it's a separator. What it's gonna do, it's gonna allow you to get to other schools that others can't, right? And that's gonna really help. Um, there was a, I can't remember the showcase. There's a showcase out there where it's only if you have a certain SAT or ACT or something like that. Um, but yeah. yeah, those schools show up there. So right. guess what? A lot of people have already been eliminated. Still really good schools. You're going to play some good baseball, but you have now increased your chances of making a team and playing at the next level. So um, that those are the things. The uh, scholarship money is null and void. These coaches have to be good financial managers. Um, I know a coach who has a senior on the books that's got 85%. Well, heck, that 85% is almost two and a half players when he really looks at it, right? Hopefully that kid was worth that 85% because that has affected him for about four years, right? So I'm sure he won't spend that next time unless it's a guy throwing 90, 94. Um, But I think, too, making the right decision, right? Not only that, it's a coach that really wants you. Um, The coach that reached out to to me about Jaden, I want him here. I believe that. Um, And it's it's a D2 school, great school. And I think, you know, it's a good fit for him uh, to be at. But um, we chose a post-grad route. You see, he's he was all conference last year. He was injured for a whole year, didn't play, didn't ever know if he was going to play again. That's a totally different mentality. Um, I'm laying up one night like, oh, my gosh, what is he going to do? Um, he did a dual enrollment program, so he had too many credits to really go to a junior college. So we chose a post-grad route. 
And um, these guys have delivered on everything that they said they would. Um, the talent level's pretty good. Um, he hasn't. He's been. He's missed two days outside because there's no rain. I looked at one in Florida. Looked at Texas. Arizona was where it is. Now that's three thousand miles away. But guess what? Got to grow up. And the maturity level, his responsibility has really gone through the roof. To our listeners out there, this this interview mm-hmm. in particular is going to really hit at that high school level um, type type stuff because that's uh, Mark. That's kind of what your expertise is yes. in at this point, um, and everything you you have a lot of knowledge with this stuff and and what you said there. It kind of kind of hit me a little bit, right? Like you, mm-hmm. there are so many options out there: post grad, mm-hmm. junior college. Mm-hmm. You know, you have the community colleges out there that are playing baseball. You have you have the D one, D twos, all that yes. kind of stuff. Find the program that's going to fit your lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like that's yep. that's big. Yeah, your lifestyle is key. Um, we were in Arizona and we were talking to this grandmother, and she was like, her her grandson went to a school in Kansas. Nothing against Kansas. I'm a, I'm from Missouri. I don't particularly care for Kansas. <laughs> Just joking. Um, but he got there and he called his dad the 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 night his dad was driving back. I think I made a mistake. And we're like, how does that happen? That's why you have to really understand. Like, okay, is this the environment I want to be in if I'm not doing this sport? Right? Does this school have enough? other things going on that's going to keep my interest and say yes this is where i want to be you know it happened with my daughter playing basketball she went to missouri on a scholarship hated it i don't blame her i'm an alumni fan so i don't blame her (laughs) (laughs) exactly yeah so um those are those are the simple things when you're when you're making that decision go for a visit i can't stress that enough walk on that campus because that campus will give you a certain amount of energy and it will tell you real quick, like, mm, maybe this is not the place for me. Yeah, you know, so so let's let's dive into the college yeah. game a little bit, the college baseball mm-hmm. game in particular. You know, it, it, it seems like it might be going in the right direction. You're definitely starting to see a lot more games on ESPNs and even MLB Network streams some games mm-hmm. nowadays. You know, are, are we headed in the right direction to get more exposure to these to these kids and stuff or what else do we need to do to to grow the college game uh the college game is probably at the biggest point it's going to be at i mean i think it's only going to continue to grow if you look at it guys are actually foregoing the draft because college is you're living the life right you're in a great clubhouse uh you're not four to a six to a apartment um, you eat well, you do all those different things. Now, unless you're like a, a Warner Blakely who's out of Michigan, who's like one of the top players in minor league baseball, or even TJ White, who I know very well also, you, you, you're you going to struggle with that. So you want to make sure you make that right decision because a lot of people don't understand when those guys sign for a million dollars, guess what you got to do with that million dollars? Got to live off of it for the next five. After years. giving half back and taxes, get a normal. Yeah, you can't get a normal job. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta 
pay your trainer, pay your nutritionist, you know, find a place to live, you know, all those kind of this things. Day of, in um, this day, man, a million dollars don't go very far. <laughs> yeah, no. But back to your question about the college game, being on TV, the exposures there. I was watching teams I never even heard of. I got a buddy whose kid plays at Sanford. I tuned in. Uh, Owen Carpolati, one of the top catchers out of Michigan. He's at Georgetown. He's starting. Now, he went to Georgetown. He's a catcher. Guess where he's playing? First base. He's playing first base because his bat plays as a freshman. So they can't keep him out the lineup, which is great for him, and I love the success he's having. Um, but the college game is as big as it's probably going to get right now with all these games being broadcast and stuff like that. However, if you look deeper, and I watch crazy games that – you know, not the Florida states and North Carolina states where the talent level is really high. They're rolling 90 mile an hour guys out there left and right. I'm watching, shoot, some of these guys 58 miles per hour. I'm like, how does that happen? I mean, that's just, hey, sometimes you get those guys that just want to play. They probably walked on. Uh, it's a blowout game. The coach brings them in and throws them out there to the wolves. It happens. Um, but the talent level what I'm seeing is that we kind of struggling right now. The pitching is definitely ahead, and I think kids work on that more. But just playing the game, I think they're playing a lot of games instead of working on their skills a lot, right? Uh, Derek Jeter used to take 150 ground balls a day. He's not playing games every day, but he took 150 ground balls a day. Um, when you look at the stat sheet, the box score, you see four errors or three errors or – you know, just airs every single game, that's a problem, right? It changes the game. So there's some things in the college game that we had to clean up. Um, guys approach, you know, just swinging out their shoes, not moving a runner over, um, those kind of things. Um, but I think the college game is still fresh and it's able to be more creative, right? Um, you watch the pros and they go one, two, three, you know, three, four innings in a row. You're like, man, this is boring. Yep. You know, college guys are trying to get on base, trying to take the extra base, um, doing those kind of things. So um, we really have to be careful um, not to just judge kids on metrics, right? Keep that balance between metrics and can a kid really play? Because we can set kids up to think they're going to go to a school and they make it to that last day of trial and they're cut. And now they're like, well, what do I want to do? I want to play baseball, you know? Uh, kid on Jaden's postgrad, Arizona State. He's playing shortstop for a postgrad. Didn't want to lose a year of eligibility, but didn't make the team. So that puts kids in real, um, you know, making some tough decisions there. But uh, I challenge everybody to watch watch college games. Just watch. It's you know they are. And 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 here's the thing. There's got to be a reason these. These colleges really recruit their area. You know, I asked somebody, I said, I was listening to the Texas A&M coach. He's like, yeah, we recruit Texas. It's kind of hard to say why he would go get a kid from anywhere else unless it was the absolute best player in that state. They got him right there. So the Michigan school should be good. There's top Michigan school. You see what Central did last year. You know, you see what Michigan did a couple years ago. You got to be able to recruit your state. So um, I had a conversation with a parent today. He's like, oh, my son likes Ole Miss, Mississippi State. I was like, 
It's good. So does every kid. I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to look at Mississippi, Mississippi State, and then I want you to look at the other D1 schools in Mississippi. I said, because he has a better shot of going there and playing and will still play Mississippi State and Ole Miss because they're going to schedule those teams because during the week they need some games than going and being challenged with all the kids that they've been watching for years at a Mississippi State and Ole Miss, right? Because they haven't seen you much if you're coming out of Michigan. So, That's, and I said, st- still play there. It's 100%. And, you know, we, <laughs> we were talking earlier, and, you know, we had the no-doubt guys on with us and, and everything. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're very, very, uh, uh, how do I put it, um, very concerned with how many people go out of state for showcases anymore. You uh-huh. know, those – those mm-hmm. 95% of your kids are going to end up playing college baseball in the state that they play and live in yes. right now. Yes. Yes. Um, just in, in saying that, you know, I used to do everything with Jaden. Jaden was a two-time Under Armour All-American. He did the perfect game, got good write-ups there, um, all that stuff. Josh, my sophomore, hasn't done that one showcase. I'm taking a totally different approach for him. Now, what we do is I focus on his development. Um, and that's the only thing that he's really focused on because he's not quite there yet. And I don't don't need to spend $700 to get a number. Heck, I know what his 60 is. Um, I know what his exit velo is, which sometimes translates over into success and sometimes doesn't, right? But he understands the game because he can spit situations back to me. And that's what I kind of look for with him. So I, each parent is different. It's the best time of your life, 9U to about 14U. Once you get to high school, though, it kind of changes. And that's where you have to say, okay, we're going to continue playing. Let's really put together that plan for development. Right. So, you know, I urge every, all our listeners to talk to, you know, guys like Mark that have been through it once because you don't know what you're getting yourself yeah. into. And like you said, you don't know what's going to fit for your kid. We talked about it a week or two ago, how you got to make those decisions for what's best for you. And you're taking two different approaches. So, you, I mean, that that's awesome to me because you did it, you know, a certain way one time and it worked or it didn't work. And now you're taking a different approach and it's going to work or it doesn't mm-hmm. work. So talk to the people that have been through it, that know, and, and make the decision decision for your kid right i mean that's what's most important right and and i'm here to save people money i know people laugh when i say that but i'm, I'm serious though gas prices um, are I've high done, enough man gas prices are <laughs> high um if you think about it like I, I do this event every year and i think you kind of see me talk about it where we go down to fort myers right um put on by some uh college guys some college coaches but it's primarily for the kids in the north. They do it, you know, two times uh, on the holidays. I think MLK weekend and then President's Day weekend. It's three days of baseball, and for three hundred and fifty dollars, you go down there and you're gonna play six games and you're gonna practice two hours a day. And it is tough, but it's the spring training that they need going into March when they have tryouts. So I chose to make a three hundred fifty dollar investment as opposed to a $700 investment where, you know, my kid might get six at bats in a, in a tournament and he's going to be standing around a lot. I chose something different, but I look for those unique experiences and then I share it with other people. You know, I always talk to people about 
who I think out of PG, uh, Perfect Game, PBR, uh, Baseball Factory, who does the best evaluations. I share that. There's no reason for me not to. I've done them all so that I can give that feedback to others. Yeah. It's all about the kids at the end of the day. It's about yeah. it's about making sure that they're comfortable, that they're doing the best. And you know, talking about all about the kids now, you you are uh, you help develop the NIL program for your alma mater um, yeah. over there at Grambling University. You know, mm-hmm. can you? Okay, so we have eight million questions and i'm sure i'm <laughs> yeah. sure every parent out there right now that's looking into colleges have questions yeah about nil mm-hmm. you know can you kind of give a little bit of you know background on what you feel like this is this is going to turn into does this does this really affect the game of baseball or is it just a basketball football type thing it, it is coming to baseball. So, you know, of course, NIL deals came out. Mm, it's been around maybe a couple years, but now it's everywhere, right? Each state has their own laws on it, things like that. So that's the name, image, and likeness, right? And this is where kids can get paid for their name, image, and likeness. If uh, I'll give you an example. If I use the lab, right, and I got players from Michigan, and I want to pay them $25 a tweet. So I'm going to set them each with a hundred bucks. They can make a hundred bucks. Um, and I'm going to pay them 20, $25 a tweet. All they do is tweet out one time a week. I tell them what to say and it goes out to all their followers. Hey, great place to work out. If you need some help with training, this is a place to go. Hey, doesn't cost me anything. It puts kid it puts money in their pocket. It brings me in customers. What does it, what do I have to lose? Um, we are taking the NIL space to a different place. Um, financial literacy is really, really important, right? And not only that, how we create their network. So um, social media, we say, is social currency. It just is, right? It sells. Um, we're, we're taking some kids that um, maybe wear a certain brand of clothes, right? But they got 10,000 followers. So clothing guy has his own boutique he wants his stuff on the west coast we find the players that are from california outfit them in it right they tweet about it they take their pictures in front of the calf hanging out with their buddies right like that and guess what have them a qr code that guy picks up you know tons of business that way you know it it happens the kids get paid they have to be 1099 employees right but with the nil uh, space, we kind of manage that for them because taxes are involved, right? Uh, it's not to just increase what they call their drip, right? Are you saving some of it? Are you investing some of it? Do you understand how this impacts your scholarship? Meaning now you're making money, so does that impact the scholarship money that you're receiving? It's a lot that goes into that. There are some really big deals out there. There are some people making. 12,000, you know, some kids that have signed $1.8 million. But um, uh, out of high school, that quarterback just signed like an $8 million (laughs) deal. He's still in high school. Yeah, which is which is really, you know, a lot. Uh, Every every line office of linemen at um, what is it? Texas A&M or Texas getting $50,000. And that's real money. 
that they're getting, right? Um, but they have to be able to manage it and the taxes there. This has just made it legal, I think, for the boosters that were out there passing the kid the envelope to now say, hey, we're going to at least pay them to do something for it. I love what they're doing at Michigan State. Every football player, basketball player gets $500 a month. They get it all throughout the summer. The gentleman said that all he has is his um, his company connected to every single player's social media. Right. That's great. What does he, what does he lose? I mean, every time you go to their little page or like something, they're so his his little stuff is right there on their social media. Right. It's brilliant, right? Long um, overdue. But it is. But the NIL space is really going to change the the locker room. That's the thing that I'm most concerned about. That's an about, interesting right? point. I've never <laughs> thought about that, but it's something that I, oh. I I can't say I've never thought about it because in the back of my mind, I'm like, man, my dude over here is making like 12 grand. Yeah. I'm right. making scholarship money. Like, what? Right, right. <laughs> Right. He's out there. He's got a new a new Cadillac. He's he's driving a Tesla because, you know, somebody gave him that deal. Right. A car dealership is saying, hey, if you come here and sign autographs one time a month, this is the car that you can drive or this car that you can have. I mean, it's it's stuff like that that's just out and open. So how does that change? You know, kids going pro. So like a basketball player, if he's living pretty good. And he know he's it's different there. Baseball though, once we start seeing these NIL deals there, Mike League is rough and it's different. That kid could be making some pretty good coin in college versus saying, I'm gonna go pro and I'm gonna give this up. He can build his brand. So we work with companies that are actually gonna build a brand for these kids. They're gonna have their own brand. And when they do they're going to be able to take that to their churches, people back home. Hey, buy my gear. Here's my sweat. And they make money off that. It's a ton of these companies out there, but our little niche is finding how to make that work. But we do more of a personal touch because I'm just not going to let anybody take advantage of the kid. They also need to know this. One of my um, our team members, one of my partners is an attorney. Now, he doesn't practice as an attorney for the business, but he's more compliance. And he said, you know, when we go through and we're going to do a boot camp with every single student that comes on with us or that is a part of our collective, you have to go through a boot camp, have an attorney read everything before you sign it. Te Just have teaching to. them uh, life skills. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. It's life skills, yep. man, because you can sign up for something and what you have to know is what you're being asked to do and can you deliver on that, right? Because you're still a student athlete. Keep those grades up. Keep your performance up on the field. That's what you're really there for. So there's a balancing act of how much social media stuff they can really do. I mean, pretty soon, I'm, I'll be honest with you, you're going to see people hiring their buddy on campus just to follow them around to make their content. Content is king. Yep. It just is. And the more content you have the better off you be. My daughter's boyfriend has a million followers on TikTok. He built it in six months. Yep. You know, yep. so he's like one of my people that it. I'm using in my boot camp to, to help these kids realize how to build their following. 
built a million followers in six months. Yeah, hard work. Which is ridiculous. Right. That's this day and age we're in right <laughs> yeah. now. It's, yeah. Right. It about. is. But he also understands the business side of it, right? Like what content needs to go out there, what his image needs to be. So we talk a lot about your image, right? Um, how you need to present yourself. We take them through, like I said, financial literacy on these different things. And we really set them up for success after the game. And that's what makes us kind of different. Um, a lot of NILs are like, hey, I got this great deal for you. But they're not thinking after the game. I mean, and then too, we also talk about the social well-being of the player um, because that's so critical. Um, a lot of these kids go through anxiety, isolation, because they didn't achieve what they thought they should have, right? I tell people this all the time. Man, you get to college, everybody was good wherever they came from. Everybody was the yep. best. Yep. <laughs> I mean, so I, that's what I learned when I first got to Grandma's and saw 90. I was like, everybody was throwing 90. I was like, dang, well, everybody's throwing 90 everywhere. And I was like, yep. And this little small school in Louisiana, that's what they were doing. So, you know, it's a humbling experience for some, and not everybody can handle that. Yeah. It's, real quick, it, let me Go just hop in. I, I got to tell something. So we were watching the, uh, the college basketball tournament this past two weeks, and, and yeah. my son, he's like, man, I hate these bench kids that uh, always act crazy on the bench, and they think they're good. And I told him, I said, these kids are good, man. Like, these are still yeah, top they really 200 are. kids in the country. Um, it's, right. it's the, the last guy on the bench is still a top player in the country. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're the first guy or the last guy, you're a top-ranked player if you're playing Division One, And he makes those, he makes those top-ranked players better. Right. Because guess who they're practicing against every single yep. day, right? I, I used to say that all the time with football and stuff like that. You know, I, I, the kids that and, – and, Mark, you know this. Eastern Michigan's not a, not the greatest right. – it doesn't have the greatest track record, right? Uh -huh. um, but I used to say when I was in high school, man, it's like, man, you know, the, be the best kid from every school is like fourth string on Eastern's team. Yeah, hey, that's how yeah. that's the difference. There's a difference there. You know, mm -hmm. I, I wanted to ask you and go back to this on the the mental aspect yeah. of this and the you said the social, you know, uh, uh, well being and stuff. The mental well being mm -hmm. of this. You know, these kids are are now facing some pressure. They're facing pressure that they have not faced before, nor have they done mm -hmm. in the history, unless it was hush hush money, right? Because that was going mm -hmm. on before then. But oh, yeah. like now it's out there. Now it's you don't perform. Mm -hmm. I'm not paying you. So it's. Mm -hmm. Can you explain to me, like, in the audience, how that pressure is going to affect their game if they are not mentally strong? Yeah, if they're not mentally strong, um, they're really going to be challenged. Now that we've introduced nil money and the ability to make money, now you have. What used to be only for the pros when your cousins and aunts, uncles, niece, nephews all came and said, hey, you got all this money. Now they have it at college. Right. So now that pressure now moves to a teenager rather than someone that is not in school and has all this other pressure. Um, so we really have to make sure that they're mentally prepared to receive this and understand kind of how to say no right how to protect their own space and it's about setting up boundaries right setting up good boundaries that are healthy and allow you to be able to say 
you know what? I got to manage this this way rather than this and maintain those relationships. Um, the NIL stuff is going to be continue to be regulations because it's not a, a level playing field. Um, we do a lot of research like on the Gator Collective, right? I know those guys that run it. If you go look there, they got a beautiful page. And I mean, these kids are out there, but it's only a few, right? It's not the guy that's to walk on that, you know, has to do some work study stuff, you know, or get a job during the summer, still wants to make the team the very next year. So that's where the division comes in at amongst the athletes, right? Um, but there's so much opportunity there. If parents really want to prepare their kids, if I have a high school senior, junior, I'm out there looking at different things that my kid uses all the time. And if you go to Popeye's Chicken, guess what we're going to do? We're going <laughs> to tweak that we go to Popeye's Chicken every single time. And I'm going to hope that somebody sees that you go to Popeye's Chicken every single time. Right. And is there some opportunity there for you? The, the kids are brands themselves and people are now starting to see that. So um, I'm not really the biggest social media guy, but I get it and I get how the space we're living in now. Um, but we're also creating entrepreneurs. Right. We're teaching them how to be entrepreneurs. So each one of the kids that deals with us is going to learn about entrepreneurship like what really motivates you and how to make um, a living off of it, right? Um, do you have a, a entrepreneurial spirit and you want to develop it? Or can you cook really well? Well, let's start getting that content of you cooking. Um, are you excellent at cleaning? Okay, let's show yourself cleaning, using the right products every day. You know, I mean, any number of things you can think of can be done with this NIL space. It's it's really a <laughs> innovative thing that that's kind of going on yeah. out there. It's it's I think a lot of it's being done on the fly right now. Yeah. Um, oh, it'll man. be interesting to see how this all works out when everything settles down a little bit and uh, companies are starting to to really understand that man we mm -hmm. can we can now make money off of these kids by giving them money. There's so much money out there in the marketing budgets that's never touched that you really wouldn't even know about because they don't know how to use it, right? Um, and then once they figure that out and understand how to utilize the college student or the students that are coming out, you're going to start seeing people looking at kids, sophomore, junior, senior. Now, they can't have NIL deals, but they can be getting groomed for them. And then once they get there to college, they're waiting on them, right? The kids could walk in with $100,000 uh, just waiting on them. Could affect their scholarship opportunity. And then two, it also could affect them play on the field, right? I mean, let's just face it. Jealousy is everywhere and it shouldn't be. But when you're trying to build a team, that's a lot for a coach to have to try and manage, right? Um, you see it in baseball. I, I watched a kid the other day. He threw four pitches, walked the guy, coach was out there, pulled him out. You never know if that kid's going to pitch again, <laughs> you know, but he got his opportunity. I mean, and and those are the things that, you know, you have to see, are they, are they pulling for each other or are they not? Is my clubhouse good? Is my locker room good? Um, you know, some of these coaches probably make their kids lock up the phones. I know that they do. 
Jaden in his postgrad, he can't have his phone with him. You know, um, he might text us when he's going from place to place. But other than that, I don't hear from him because they want them focused on their game, not on social media and other distractions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, what I kind of took away, though, too, is uh, like anyone can go and do this. So even if you're like the guy that doesn't play, like you can do something. Oh, yeah. Like if you're grinding on social media, building up a yeah. thing or the local car wash, it's all about how hard you want to. Your favorite pizza yeah, place exactly, right. that is back home right. and you go to that pizza owner, you say, hey, I'm going to tweet about this pizza is the greatest pizza in the world every single week. Would you support me in uh, $300? Right, right. He'd be like, sure, I'll do that. I mean, right. they'd be crazy not to, right? Because all those high school kids, because he was the, the top football player or something, know him. They follow him right. already. They're going to go there. They're going to be like, man, I got to try that pizza, yeah. you know? Yeah. And what does it hurt him to, if he sells some more pizzas, I mean, it's going to balance this way out. So businesses really have to get smart in how they utilize this. But here's the one thing. There's a lot of risks. You know, I want to get a school on probation, violations, all that kind of stuff. So that's where we come in to make sure that that paperwork is right. It goes through the compliance office. The NCAA sees it. The taxes are done right. They file taxes. I mean, those are the key things that um, a company like ours um, helps to facilitate. And that's great that you're looking out for the kids in the long run. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, even as adults, we're still figuring it out, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but if your kid could get $10,000 or $20,000 because, you know, uh, this car wash really likes them, you go there all the time, you got a relationship with the owner, you know, you say, hey, do you mind using my kid? They haven't figured out, like, is it a tax write-off or not? Because really, you're paying the kid and it's not necessarily going towards their education. But what it is, is it's bringing more attention to your business. And unless you're just really good at it, how else do you do it, right? I mean, it doesn't have to happen. They can go down the street. The guy down the street might do it. And you're like, why has he got these sales? And that's why. Right. Yeah, I remember uh, mm-hmm. when it first came out, uh, Barstool Sports was just handing kids yep. gear. And, and, like, they didn't even know what they were doing. Which, But to me, it was cool. It's like, these kids deserve <laughs> something. Uh, and I think they figured it out now. But they were just like, hey, if you want to be a Barstool athlete, here here you go here's some gear you know we want to take care of the yep. college kids so uh there's there's something out there for everybody it's just how hard you mm-hmm. want to get it yep think about those other non-revenue generating sports track and field yeah, right. tennis <clears throat> lacrosse um think about the girls and the the twisty ties they wear in their hair right, right. somebody's gonna say hey would you mind wearing mine they're gonna be like hey i got the top lacrosse player wearing this that's all it takes, right. right? She's got a huge following. The other girls say, I like it. It's cute. I can get it designed. You sell a million of them at a dollar, you made a million dollars, right? right? right. I mean, so you got to think in those terms, too. Yeah. Yeah. You have, you've coached at multiple levels. You're the president of mm-hmm. the Little League uh, down mm-hmm. here. You've coached Little League. You've coached high-level travel. You know, you played mm-hmm. high-level baseball. Your daughter played mm-hmm. high-level basketball. Your boys right. play high-level baseball. You've been around sports. What is it about mm-hmm. baseball? What was baseball meant to you as a person and in, <clears throat> in your life? Well, I'm a I'm a Kansas City Royals fan. So born and raised in Missouri, 
uh, Kansas City Royals, uh, Frank White, Willie Wilson, George Brett, Hal McCray. Those were my oh, guys. Don't talk right? about George Brett now. That's 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 Jim's <laughs> dude there. I like George Brett. Yeah, yeah. he's a gamer. <laughs> still, I still tweet with them. Uh, been in the same room with them. Uh, been able to ask some questions. Um, I think for me, just growing up, um, I played. You know, when we were back in the day, we didn't have travel teams. We had you had to really be in Cub Scouts. Cub Scouts had baseball teams, right? That's really where I got the love of the game. Um, I had a old coach that was like uh, the guy from the Bad News Bears. Uh, he had a car like that. Uh, he had a bucket of balls. He come out there in those jean shorts, Butterman. and we all had Butterman. one green Easton that we shared, right? And that was it. And we just played. And you played with your buddies from your school. We played in the churchyard. And I played with some dudes in the churchyard. I mean, and we were, when we're changing over from three outs, we're flipping each other the glove because we just had to share gloves, right? Now, me playing baseball, I had most of that stuff, but the other kids didn't. And we would play from sun up to sundown. And we just kind of taught ourselves a game. I never, uh, I didn't, I didn't have any travel stats going to grandma. I walked on. Called up the coach, said, I'm coming there and I want to play. And that's what I did, you know, and I, I I just played for three years. And, you know, my buddies, we we talk like every day and we built those positive relationships. But love of the game just came from teaching kids. And I don't teach like I learn from other people. So I watch YouTube videos. I talk to people. I talk to guys that do this for a living. And then I try and teach the kids from where they are, right? I'm not going to teach a 10-year-old, oh, you need to hit in these four zones and this is what you should look for. I keep it real simple. And I'm only going to tell them what they need to know. And then at some point in time, I'm going to cut off the training for the year. And I'm going to be like, it's time to go play. There's no other adjustments we need to make. None of that. I'll see you in October, November, after your season. Go out, play, have fun. If I'm training them during the season... Like, what are we doing? You know, I've had a couple kids come in. They played a couple games. I said, so tell me about your at-bats. I do talk to them about that. Now, I'll work with a kid if a parent says, oh, Jimmy's really struggling. Can you help him out? Yeah, let's get him in, talk to him, see what's going on, see if I see anything, make an adjustment, send him back out on his way. Really, all I'm doing is building up their confidence at that point. That's really it. But the love of the game just comes from just being there. Man, I was telling my wife the other day, I said, do you realize, you know, a few years ago in April, we'd be headed to North Carolina. And I remember us sleeping at a rest stop for two hours because we was dog tired. But guess what? We was going to be in North Carolina with them Detroit Bees ready to play because we couldn't wait for baseball season. Um, but the love of the game just comes from just really seeing kids grow. Uh, I'll use Owen Carpolati. Great kid. Dad didn't have him playing travel baseball. I knew the kid had talent. Took him to the Detroit Bees. He showed up to practice. His arm was in a cast. Couldn't even practice. Was throwing with his other hand. He just wanted to play. And look at him now. You know, he's 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 one of the top catchers to come out of Michigan in a long time. And it's stuff like that that lets me know I was doing the right thing. And I will help anybody's kid. That's the thing. I get calls all the time. Um, there's a kid that comes from Iowa. I don't know if you've seen him on my page. He comes from Iowa to work with Jaden's old coach, Mark um, Krejak, 
who has developed some of the top pitchers in Michigan um, and Bay City. The guy drives from Iowa every three weeks just, just to work. But you know what? He's so appreciative of the relationship that I helped him establish with someone. I was like, dude, I am not the person to teach a kid. And you know what? I applaud him for wanting to make that sacrifice. Now, his kid wants to go. His kid can't wait. He wants to go. He just feeds them. So he's not forcing them to do it. But that's what I try and do. Um, somebody today needed a, a place. They're going to be at the Vandy game this week, and they were looking for a place to hit. I text my guys in Tennessee. It's like, hey, what's a great place to hit? Oh, the hitting lab. Okay, send them there. So it's those kind of little things, but that's expanding the network. And people always say, why do you help so many people? Here's what I tell them. It's going to come a time where Jaden's going to be somewhere or Josh is going to be somewhere. I'm not there. If I haven't paid it enough forward, who's going to help my kid? And I don't need to know about it. I just need somebody to be kind to him. So I do that for as many kids as I can because I don't know how that's going to come back to me. That's why I really pull for every kid's success because I tell people the game's too tough and we're not each other's competition, you know? So yeah, we're all going <laughs> through it to together. keep that perspective also. Right, all, all going through yep. it together. And, and unfortunately you do kind of run into those people that want to hide um, their experiences and everything yeah. like that. I, I don't get it. Um, we're all trying to figure it out. We, we don't know the answer. Right. None of us do. Um, unless your kid yeah. got drafted number one overall, you probably don't know the correct way to do things. So no reason to yeah. hide it. You guys are great though, because you guys are, creating a platform that's really needed because parents out there are trying to figure this stuff out. Right. Um, and I'll share with Andrew one day, um, a gentleman that you should have on that, you know, wrote this book. I don't know. You might've seen me advertise it a couple of times, but it's actually a workbook that takes you from freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year, plus a responsibility. But he's done all the research on stuff. We try to figure out like, what about NAIA schools? What about D1, D2, D3? Who has the scholarships? What do you need to get into these schools? What are coaches looking for? All that stuff he actually did in one place. And I share that with parents. I'd be like, look, I don't have all the answers, but here's something you can utilize. Um, so I give that stuff away because it's not mine to keep. Right. right. It's for me to give it away. Yeah, no, and that's that's what we, we try to do is you know get good people on like yourself and share their yeah. knowledge because we're all trying to figure it out. We don't know the answers. And, yeah, and again, I can't I, I can't say it enough, man. Make the decisions that are right for you and your kid because um, every yeah. experience is different. The tournaments I'll touch on for the younger kids. Um, I, I never let my my travel teams lead the state unless they were ready to finish. <laughs> play on that last day, that last game. Sure. It just didn't make sense, right? So if you're doing it for fun, by all means go, but go to the right tournaments that's right for your level players, right? Don't go where they're gonna be mercyed every game. You're like, we came here to get mercy every game, three games and we're back home. That wasn't fun, you know? Now, if you wanna do that, okay, but be realistic about what you can achieve and stuff like that. I tell everybody, my first time coaching, I went 0-14, 9 you. The parents couldn't understand why we keep playing these tough teams. I said, because I'm not playing for right now. I'm playing for when they are faced with adversity, right? Bingo. Do they know how to win? Do Bingo. they know how to lose? <laughs> Do they know how to win? Do they know how to lose? And not accept either one of them too much, right? And they was like, well, 
we just we're going to these tournaments and we're not doing very well. We, you know, we we went to Kentucky. I never will forget that same year we went to Kentucky. We lost every game by one run. That was an accomplishment to me. We were playing uh, all these teams that you know Kentucky Lightning and stuff. You know those kids were were better than us. We lost every game by one run. So what? And then when they started saying. These are the same kids whose parents call me today and say, wow, you were their, their favorite coach, their best coach. I never had any problem with playing time. You know why? Had a system. You know, you'll play three innings, might sit four or sit three. Hey, if you played all six innings, you might get three innings the next game. It, it was a way to do it to just keep the noise level down. And coaches need to go in with a plan and really execute it. But man, that winning and losing, I I tell you, I couldn't put, I don't even think about that kind of stuff because it, it really means nothing uh, in this day and time. I'm I'm seeing it as I, I used to run the high school tryouts, all these kids coming from different areas, and you think the baseball knowledge is going to be the same, and it's just not. I mean, and unfortunately, coaches don't have time to teach and develop, and we know that. You guys know that if you coach anything. You got to give yourself to the whole team. So you can't, I'm sorry, I can't help Johnny with his swing. Here's a trainer that I can recommend, but I can't help him with his swing because if I do, I'm going to take time from the team, right? So parents parents sometimes, well, why aren't you helping him? I am. I'm being encouraging. I'm, uh, you know, playing him. I'm giving him a great experience. And that's what you should be focused on. Yeah, agreed. You're giving them the tools. You can only do so much. <laughs> and I think it's important uh, what you said for people listening. Um, when a coach says like, hey, you know, I'm doing what I can, um, but I recommend using such and such as a trainer. When you're not trying to pawn them off or, you know, nope. your buddy's making money and he's he's giving you half of it. That's not how it works. <laughs> right. It's it's you guys are in it together to to develop them. Um, so unfortunately, you know, that's just the way it is. There's, you know, 11, 12, 13 kids on a team. Uh, you got to spread yeah. it. You got to spread it out. Yeah, so yeah. I think you nailed it there. It's uh, yeah, it's, a, it's not easy. <laughs> you, you, you guys get it. Um, you know, Andrew, I met him years ago, uh, brought his son to me. Great little kid, has the biggest heart, wants to play the game. You but want Andrew him, you saw, got him. <laughs> yeah. Andrew, Andrew sees differently how this is. And that's why he's he's never been afraid to ask questions. Like, he'll send me a text, what do you think about this? And I'll give him my honest opinion. Because I, I always tell people, I gain nothing by seeing your kid fail. Right. I gain nothing by seeing your kid fail. So it doesn't do me any good if they struggle as well. So that's why we, you know, have to position ourselves to um, help each other in this. And this platform is going to help. And I hope parents really tune in, listen, follow, because there's going to be information that is really going to help them out in this. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I, I love it. And, and we all know Andrew's, Andrew's kid's a much better kid than uh, Andrew was <laughs> yeah. as a kid, I'm sure. Yeah, he is. <laughs> but, you wouldn't he have is. said that today. <laughs> I know how it goes. <laughs> well, Mark, hey, we got we got some fun questions for you here. We're gonna have a little fun. Yeah. Um, you know, okay. this has been awesome. It's been a really good one. Um, but we're gonna we're gonna hit you with some good fun questions here. Um, okay. First one I got for you. Um, who is your favorite baseball movie character? 
Uh, I'm going to say it is, um, oh, what's the guy from, um, that pray to the bat? What is his name? Joe, Serrano? Joe Boo- oh, yeah, uh, it was Serrano. Yeah. Yes, yeah, Serrano. Yeah, Serrano. Yeah. Serrano. Yeah. That's my favorite guy. Cause <laughs> He would talk to his back. And I also like Willie Mo Pena, I think was his name too, that got out the bed, ran the fastest Willie time. Because, Willie Mays Hayes. Yeah, Willie Mays yeah. Hayes. I mean, those guys are my favorite guys because uh, they just were, they just would crack me yeah. up. They really would. That's a good one. I like those. Good answer. Uh, <laughs> next one I got for you. So if you are a college, uh, so you're in college right now and uh, you got any NIL, NIL deal you want, um, anyone, uh-huh. any company, which company are you picking? Uh, let's see. Which company am I picking? I am picking uh, Tesla. And the reason why I'm picking Tesla is because um, I did not know how successful their automated uh, driving cars really work well, right? So after a hard day of practice, hard day of class, or trying to study on the way, I'm turning that sucker on autopilot, <laughs> and I'm getting to class or getting home. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to throw you a bunch of money, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, a bunch of money. Yeah, a bunch of they money. They might even I mean, take you to space. <laughs> yeah, right. Yes, it's, it's going to... It's gonna, it's gonna definitely uh, have some influence there on the campus. Yes. <laughs> Would I got, a, I got a few here. Would you rather yeah. win a game by a walk-off home run or a walk-off bunt? Uh, walk-off home run. And the reason why I say that is because Jada's senior year. On his birthday, he hit a walk-off home run. And it was the only home run he, he's ever hit in his high school career. And that was truly exciting. Um, I've won a game both ways. Uh, I think they are equally exciting, though. Because I'm a big proponent of the bunt game because I understand the execution of everything has to go right for that. The pitcher made a mistake, and I capitalized on it. But getting that butt down in the right position being safe, getting the run across, that takes some real execution there. All right. Okay. I I like it. I like the bunt because it's exciting. <laughs> it is. It is. It is. Yo. All right. So um, would you rather be a bullpen catcher or a long snapper for football? Oof. I think, man. I think the long snapper, and the reason is oh, non baseball, huh? <laughs> I, I'm I'm critical to the operation uh, being a long snapper, right? I mean, there are some games that are won three nothing, and if that there's some Super Bowls that have been won because that that long snapper executed. If I'm in the bullpen, you know, I get to eat good and <laughs> hang out and stuff like that. I get to dress in a uniform. I might catch somebody that day. I might not. Long snapper, I'm gonna be in the game though. Okay. I like it. I like it. I got one more, and this is a jingle okay. that you will remember from Detroit Tigers when they were actually okay. good with Prince. Okay. Okay. So it's the baseball hot dogs apple pie. You remember that jingle? Okay. okay. At the I think so. At the end, it was always Chevy. The baseball hot uh-huh. dogs apple pie and Chevy. Okay. Mm-hmm. If you had to remake that commercial with any automotive company out there, what would your jingle be? Baseball, hot dogs, apple pie, and Cadillac. 
I don't know. I love Cadillacs. Uh, I think it's because my grandmother always drove Cadillacs. I don't know why. So I think that will be what I have to say, Cadillac. That's a good answer. I like that. And you had it ready. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple more here I got for <laughs> you. Uh, so yeah. I usually I like asking this one. Uh, this will be, I probably already know your answer, but I got to ask it since you're a Royals fan. Um, I always yeah. ask, what's a better meltdown uh, explosion? Was it George Brett or was it uh, Terry Collins when he uh, was talking about the ass in the jackpot? <laughs> <laughs> By far, George yeah. Brett. Coming out the dugout, New York Yankee Stadium, you know, just flailing. Uh, he had the, the uh, wad of, um, of uh, chew, tobacco. <laughs> And he was hot. He was like standing at the stairs, like ready for this. So he knew it was coming and he just completely lost it. And I, I can watch that over and over because, um, you know, when they measured the bat and kicked him out, he was like, oh, no way. You're not taking that from me. <laughs> George Brett told me literally he would hit 400 if they played the shift on him. Um, you know, he just said, I asked him the question. He said, well, I would hit 400 if they played the shift on me. I thought that was just classic, right? Yeah, I, I love that. That's That, to me, shows that's a we gamer. We have one more after you're done, yeah. Jim. I do oh. have one more. Go, on. Go ahead, Andrew. Hop in, hop in. This is fun. All right. Um, who is a better hitter, Ken Griffey Jr. or Mike Trout? Because uh, here's the thing. I think that they're similar style of hitting. Yeah, they're very similar style. I I think only because I've seen Mike Trout train more than I've seen Ken Griffey Jr. I'd have to go with Mike Trout because I actually use, unfortunately, I use some of his drills and that he does right, and I understand it. Now he's a good ex- explainer of it. Now. Might be Ken Griffey Jr. because my son, he's back Ken Griffey Jr. He's taking pictures with him. And I know people very well close to me that uh, are his best friend. So, um, <laughs> But Ken Griffey Jr.'s swing was just a very unique swing. But I go back to I would rather watch swings that weren't home runs to see what their swing really looked like, right? What does it look like when they lace a single somewhere? Yeah. So one of my favorite hitters is Ichiro. George Brett and Ichiro are two of my favorite hitters, right? I can watch them all day. And, of course, Tony Gwynn is probably one of the best. But they did not hit a lot of – George Brett hit quite a few home runs. But, man, if you see when they're placing the ball, their two-strike approach, and when they can hit that ball and go three for four in a game, those are the guys that are most dangerous in my book. So yeah, I think it's a good. I have answer. to say, I love watching Trout, Trout rope a double into <laughs> yeah. the gap. Um, right. It's just it, it's freakish. The exit feel. Oh my god, it's it crazy. is crazy. Um, <laughs> and it's tough to say because I, I mean, growing up, Ken Griffey's the guy. He was the the dude that uh-huh. you know everyone modeled. Uh, but I, I think that's the right answer. That's a good one. Uh, yeah. Um, last fun question I got for you: What's your go-to yeah. concession stand food uh, at a baseball game? Man, it's at a concession stand. I, I hate to say it because I shouldn't do it, but it's anything with fries. So, uh, you know, it's usually the hot dog and the fry. You know, chicken tenders. Yeah, fries I'm with you. That's my thing. So, that's that's what I like. That's what I go to. Uh, 
I know it's not good for me, but guess what? I'm going to have some anyway. So. <laughs> I'm with you. You Most only underrated. live life once. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Most underrated thing at, at a, an event. I agree. Chicken fingers and fries <laughs> yeah. and barbecue sauce. So yeah. underrated. Yes. You can't go wrong with yep. it. And they give you enough, too. So you don't feel yes. uh, cheated when you're done with your hot dog and there's nothing yeah, left. Yeah, because you right? need like, you I need like three hot dogs. Two of the chicken feet. Yeah. <laughs> right. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, so last question we got for you. We, we kind of wrap it up um, with this question for all yep. our guests here. Um, talk about one moment for you when it comes to baseball that you'll never forget. Um, you know, whether it's something with your sons or coaching, training, um, you know, that one moment that will stick with you forever. Yeah, well, I think one of the things that will stick with me forever is when I had a dad call me, this was last year, and his son was just struggling, didn't want to try out for the team. And I invited them over to the house, sat at my kitchen table, had Jaden come down with me so that he could hear, right? He could learn from me. And I just told him, I said, look, I said, I'd really like for you to play this year. Can you tell me why you wouldn't? Uh, I just don't want to, you know, he was kind of an introvert and stuff. And I said, but you're a really good player. And I said, we don't ever want to go through life wondering what if, right? And this is one of those moments. I said, you might not never play again, but right now let's finish what we started, right? Kid played, had a great season, you know, was better off for it. Um, I know that's not so much baseball related on the field, but it's something that I always remember um, where I had that influence and a parent trusted me enough to be an extension of them to you know, talk to their kid. They were really struggling with it, right? And it wasn't that they wanted to play so much. They just knew that they just needed someone else to show that they believed in them. So that was my one time that, uh, you know, really got to me and I really, really enjoyed. And then uh, the only other time is winning uh, for the state of Michigan when uh, I coached the PBR team, going to that tournament and going 6-0 and and just – playing everybody, having so much fun. People still say that was the best time they ever had. And all I did was roll the kids out there and let them be themselves. Man, those are great answers, man. Uh, you know, the first one, <laughs> just it, it, their life experiences. Um, yeah. I love how, you know, the whole interview, it was all about the kids. It was all about having fun. Um, that's what it's all about. So I, I, that's, yeah. that's, I love to hear that, man. Um, yeah, you guys have done a phenomenal job. And what I really want to do uh, for you all and this is for your audience there, is really share this platform. So, um, you know, sometime down the road, Andrew, send me all how they connect and stuff, because I really want to share that yeah. uh, for you guys, because this is really needed. It's necessary. I got people all over the country. I'll tell them to tune in, because I think it's something that they can learn from. They need to hear from our kids and our people here in the Midwest, right. because we play baseball too. I tell them all the time, don't just think they play it in Georgia, Florida, Texas, California. We get busy here in the Midwest. We just might be indoors a little longer, but we play ball too. So I think this is good for us to give our kids here an exposure and let them know that baseball lives here where we are as yeah, well. Yeah, we play some high-level ball. Yeah, we appreciate it too, Mark. We appreciate <laughs> having you on. We appreciate all your knowledge. Yeah. We appreciate your support with the show. So we, we very much uh -huh. appreciate you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, maybe sometime, um, you know, we're finishing up our business plan. If you guys ever really need to and you want to hear from my my team, my partners on the NIL space, yep. 
you know, in a couple of months, hey, let me know because I'm sure you'll you'll see some of the developments. But man, we're gonna we're gonna take this to a whole nother level. Yeah, and, and I, I definitely want to talk about you know that some more too <laughs> down the road. Yeah. Um, like I, when they're figuring all this stuff out. But you know, whether yep. it's just sending kids gear in college or something, I'd love to do that. Um, whatever it mm-hmm. is, just to me, I, these kids deserve more than they're getting. So, so anything I can do on my end, whether yeah. it's a, a dang T-shirt or something, I think. Don't get yes. me started. They couldn't take that five years ago without without <laughs> right. getting penalized and potentially having their whole season taken away. It's crazy to me. Right. So don't don't get me started on right. that. But uh, no. yes, we'll, and I I definitely want to get you on again here in a couple months too yeah. because uh, I feel like we can go another hour easily. So um, yeah. definitely. And if you guys ever need it, I, I mean, I tell people all the time, my contacts are your contacts. So if you say, hey, you know, let's work on this type of person here. Man, just let me know. I'll, I'll go to work and see what I can do because I, I got a few people that are out there that are, are pretty interesting. No, we appreciate that, man, a lot. And uh, like I said, yeah. we're definitely going to have you on again. So we appreciate you hopping on the show, Mark. It's been a okay. lot of fun. Uh, I can't wait to do yeah. it again, man. This was awesome. Thank you. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, guys.